have a lot in common, some really similar experiences, and some wildly different ones. We met because of beer. We bonded over comedy. But maybe the thing we love most is bread. And each other. Mmm, do we though? Whatever, you know you love me. How about you just pass the bread? (laughs) It was brought to our attention that neither of us were saying, um focaccia or focaccia focaccia correctly last week um and my all things expert in italian friend (laughs) popped in to let me know how it was supposed to be said which apparently is in four syllables um so i'm going to play you a clip of that now just so we're all clear on the proper pronunciation and um (laughs) i'm really glad He sent this to me to correct me, as I sort of assumed he might. (laughs) Anyway, this is how you really pronounce it, and then uh, we'll get into the episode. Thanks! Focaccia. (laughs) Who knew? Who knew? Anyways, um, here we go. Cheers! Hey. We're drinking vanilla beer. (laughs) It is... Potently vanilla. Black Horse Brewery, Tennessee Ales. All right. Vanilla Cream Ale. Here we go. Really setting the mood for tonight. (laughs) Mm. What do you think about it? Uh, That description does not lie. That is... Straight cream soda? Yes. (laughs) But somehow is 8%? Yeah. No, wait. Oh, wait. Nine? No. (laughs) 4.8. Where was the... Is it... Did you just see the eight last time? Oh, no. The IBU is eight. Oh. Not the ABV. <laughs> it's... We're out of the craft beer game, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a minute since we... Sat on a patio at a brewery. Socialized at a brewery. Man. Man. Soon. Soon. The weather's turning on us. The weather is turning. Uh, my arm is hurting because I got that first... Oh, that first dose. That first... Yep. Impact was made. It was. Is that the only side effect so far? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Other than that, I felt like completely normal other than, you know, just existential dread and not wanting to do my work, which I feel like at this point is normal. Do you think that was the, va- the vaccine was like, mm, I took away all your motivation. <laughs> I boosted your fertility, but you no longer want. Boosted my fertility. Maybe. I hope that's not the case. I mean, I, I'm fully on board for if it's killing fertility, but. Yeah. We don't need more humans that on this planet. That would be a bonus for me. 100%. Oh, yeah. Do you know how many people could not have to have fucking IUDs and hormonal or men who could just let it rip? Ugh. Ugh. That's not I think a they good do way anyway. to describe it. It's been a long time since I've... <laughs> let it rip? <laughs> I forgot how men work. <laughs> All right. Guess what? Hmm. We're talking about biscuits. We are. We are talking about biscuits. I'm really excited about this. I feel like based off of um, 
the smell of this apple butter. We're also going to spend a decent amount of time (laughs) talking about the apple butter because, guys, Kaylee made this apple butter. And, like, when I say that, like, she cracked the lid on that jar and, like, fall arrived (laughs) in this podcasting room, it was amazing. And I cannot wait to try it. I feel like uh, these biscuits are going to be a perfect vehicle and you the made these butter. biscuits. These I are did. homemade biscuits this week. They are. Um, and the apple butter, I think you are excited to mm-hmm. also reveal to the people, I have a dirty little secret. Oh, it's foul. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, a side of Kaylee that, like, even I... <laughs> couldn't have imagined existed. There's only a couple people that know, and I think those are the people in Michigan. Hey, Hey, James and and Allie. That no, I went through a very in-depth blogging phase of my life in the, you know, mid-2000s. I just saw a whole post of her daughter's (laughs) first birthday. Uh, All the decor, all the food. Mm -hmm. It was Mm -hmm. impressive. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I thought I was going to make it big as a mommy blogger. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, just so you guys know. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, anyway, I the reason we opened it is because this recipe for the apple butter is on there. Mm-hmm. And I had to go find it for discussion purposes. Okay, but let's actually okay. put this in our mouths because we yeah. haven't done that yet. We're going to try that? All right. Mm-hmm. First bite is biscuit and apple butter. Just oh, that's just where it's at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. That was yeah exactly what I thought it was going to be mm-hmm. like in the best possible way. That apple butter is so good. It's a great biscuit. Oh my gosh! The right it, it's the right flakiness mm. for a biscuit. Uh huh. The right lightness. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> let's talk let's talk about how you made the biscuits. Okay, so this is a recipe that is one of my like tried and true. Um I usually so <clears throat> it is the five ingredient freezer biscuit. Okay. From Budget Bites. Um okay. who is a blogger who actually uh I think she used to be from Arizona, but she moved to Nashville a couple of years ago. Um she, I she's just trying to be me. <laughs> Just copying me. <laughs> I discovered her when I first started cooking, um, and I really liked all of her recipes because, like, she was single. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I wasn't getting this whole write-up about, like, my kids loved this recipe yeah, and my I husband couldn't stop eating it. And, like, the worst. eight paragraphs of that nonsense. Um, and the I'll por- show you a post. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> the backstory behind this butter... <laughs> Um, but she also like her serving sizes were also like appropriate to I someone do love that. cooking for one. I'm in a similar, yeah. Cooking yeah. for me and a child is, you know, when you pull up these dishes that serve eight, you're like, mm-hmm. cool, yep. cool, cool, cool. Um, but one of the things about this recipe is just, I mean, it's insanely easy. It is literally two and a half cups of flour, a tablespoon of sugar, a teaspoon of salt, four teaspoons of baking powder. So there's like, you know, we talked about soda bread having Mm -hmm. half a teaspoon. Mm -hmm. This is, this is where all the soda is, uh, in baking. Wow. Uh, and then a pint of heavy whipping cream. 
Mm. And that, so there's like no butter in these biscuits, which like kind of feels, you know, especially since these biscuits, biscuits, <laughs> getting drunk off apple butter and biscuits, y'all. Apple butter and biscuits, <laughs> baby. We in the South. <laughs> Um, but I feel like when a lot of people think about biscuits, they're always like, oh, it has a ton of butter in it, like all this stuff. Get that flakiness. But I feel like these biscuits, like they're so soft, like, and they're just really, everything comes together really well. And then, um, I know Kaylee will post photos, but like, these are not a traditional round biscuit. Mm -hmm. I padded these, like, so I mixed all the ingredients together. Mm Mm-hmm turned it out and just like kneaded it a little bit to um get everything to come together added a little bit more flour because it was fairly wet um and then patted it into a rectangle that i think the recipe was like six by eight inches which you just kind of eyeball it and then you like fold the thirds over press it down again Mm. like press it out a little bit that's how you're getting your layers fold it again yeah and then get it into that final rectangle and then just cut it into 12 squares. That's awesome. Yeah. And do that with a sharp knife because one of the things um, that I've discovered with like making biscuits is that when you're like, like even if you have like a biscuit cutter, mm-hmm. when you press down, you don't want to like turn it because that stops it from rising. Yeah. It so like you, seals that. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you want to make those like clean, clear cuts um, and do that. And then you just bake them at 400 for, I think I did these for like 17 minutes, but the great thing about this recipe and why I've made it so much is that you can just freeze the dough. Mm. Um, and then you have biscuits in the freezer so you can have a fresh baked biscuit. You pre-cut them and mm-hmm. then just put them. Yep. And then you mm-hmm. like, what I typically do is like, I put them on a baking sheet. Freeze them flat. Spread out. And then bag them. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And then you don't even have to like thaw them or anything. You pull them out of the freezer, put them on the baking sheet while the oven is heating up, and then you just bake them for a little bit longer than you normally yeah. would. Like normally, normally these bake for 16 to 18 minutes. When you pull them out of the freezer, bake them for 18 to 22. So good. So good. So easy. Um, and I've started doing that like even with um, some other biscuit recipes. Because that's perfect too for a sink like four only having you could pop three in or two yep. like you don't have to put them all in i can do one and have a fresh since you're biscuit. someone who toasts a slice of bread in the oven surely <laughs> cooking two biscuits is i mean is there better than having a fresh baked biscuit on wednesday morning before you have to like go to a zoom meeting for work no no i can't no, imagine there is anything better than that <laughs> Not in 2021. Mm-mm. So, yeah. Yeah. But I have started doing um, that freezer method with like a lot of different things, like other biscuit recipes that I've made. I'll do that. I do that with cookies a lot now, too, because um, I used to make cookies a lot and like I would just, you know, I wouldn't want like a whole batch. Yeah. So I would take it to work and like have like get rid of baked goods that way. And then when the pandemic hit, I was like, Okay, I cannot eat this entire batch of cookies. I mean, I can. I can. Shouldn't. <clears throat> Don't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so I just started freezing most of them and then, you know. That's a great idea. Having fresh baked goods. <sighs> so this is a good one. Um, no, this is great. They're really good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Have you, what's been your experience with biscuit making? Uh, well, I grew up, my mom made homemade biscuits sometimes. 
but my dad loved Grand's biscuits, those canned biscuits, the Pillsbury oh, okay. Grand's. Yeah. And so that was my primary definition of a biscuit up until, honestly, up until I moved here. Because, yeah, I, they're bigger here in the South. <laughs> figuratively and literally. <laughs> but um yeah, I just didn't think a lot about it. And then of course you'd have biscuits at restaurants or whatever and I mm-hmm. was a I was a big, big sausage and gravy kid, which no one's surprised by. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I don't have a lot of like nostalgia around them other than it was always grands. I mean, I, we have grands in our uh, fridge right now because okay. They're easy. Yep. Not because they're quality. They're just easy. <laughs> but hearing you describe this, now I'm listening. Because I have made, in the last year, homemade biscuits that were hockey pucks of nothing great. They were awful mm-hmm. and flat, and they didn't do any of the things they were supposed to. And so when you can rely on a canned biscuit, you do. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's a guarantee. You know exactly you what know you're going to get. You know what the outcome is going to be. I didn't understand um, that. No, but I really appreciate that. These are great. Yeah. No. So like I, I grew up like my mom would make biscuits, but, um, they were, <laughs> and again, this goes back to the, like, no all white flour things mm-hmm. in my house. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom would incorporate like a whole wheat flour with them. Yeah. And what that leads to, uh, is a very crumbly dry biscuit, which yeah. is not what you want. That's sort of how mine turned out. And I was like, mm, this isn't good. No, but like my dad loved them because they were healthier. And so that's, mm-hmm. but like truly I would only eat them when they came out of the oven because that was the only, the only time, time they were, they were soft. soft. <laughs> yeah. And so I was just kind of like, no, nah, like, you know, I'm, I'm good. Um, and so I didn't, I didn't grow up like loving biscuits. We were also a, a sausage gravy mm-hmm. family, mm-hmm. but, um, because of my mom's like Amish and Mennonite background, um, one of the things that they do is fried corn mush and sausage gravy. I don't know what that means, but I like <laughs> corn. It. I think you would like it. I loved it. Okay. Like, it's so good. Like something. My mom. My mom would also do like fried corn mush and then just like top it with syrup. Whoa. Which is, yeah. It's. What is it? It's. I mean, it's like literally a loaf of like this like corn meal. It's like this raw corn meal loaf. I don't know that everything that goes into it, but we just called it like corn mush. And then I mean, anything <laughs> called mush is. <laughs> Guaranteed to be delightful in that comfort food kind of way. Well, and then you just like fry it up with oil. It gets like oh. golden and crispy, like so crispy. Like hash brown status, mm-hmm. crispier. That outside just gets like, I, like I don't even know how to describe it. And then you top it with I like can't that. Wait for your mom to come visit because I'm gonna show oh, she's, up. Um, <clears throat> She's coming in May. I know. I I, yeah. uh, I haven't made plans with your mother. I'll take her off your hands. <laughs> Please, God. Um, <laughs> um, but she, like, that combo with, like, the sausage gravy mm. is just, I have not had that in forever. And, in fact, now that I'm talking about it, I'm probably going to be like, <laughs> hey, Mom, so you need to bring some corn mush up when she you. She can't make it here? She doesn't. 
make it. Oh, it's pre-made. Yeah, it's pre. Like it's it's one of those things where you like. Where do you buy go to it? the village bulk food? Okay, and you get your your corn mush. How is it packaged? Like literally, like a loaf. Looks like bread. Like yes, like bread that's like two and a half inches high, like four inches wide. Like cornbread. Yes, but like <laughs> raw. But not bread. I don't. I'm doing. Is a, it sturdy? Yes, it holds together. It holds shape. Yes, it's like almost like gelatin. Like this is terrible. Like it. It, it sounds <laughs> horrifying, and I want. I know it has to be good. I is feel it like sweet? I'm butchering this description, and I should know more about it. Well, yeah, like it. It has that like vague sweetness, mm-hmm. but truly, it's like that texture thing of like. You like top it with sausage gravy and then you like slice your fork through it and just that like crunch. (laughs) So good. (laughs) This is, ah, I I love doing this has taught me so many things I didn't know about you and about the world. And by the world, I mean, Ohio. Amish country. (laughs) (laughs) No. And then like, if you want the sweeter option, then you just do a plain like little bit of maple syrup. syrup. Oh, um, okay. I'm please have her bring some. Oh, I absolutely (laughs) will. That is definitely going to happen. Well, and this was also one of the things like when I went home at Christmas, I had her teach me how to make her sausage gravy because Mm. it is the best. Mm -hmm. And like, I am not a gravy person because I don't love sogginess. Like that's no, we are two different people. <laughs> but sausage gravy is a different animal, and it's it so is good. like hers is just so good. And so I like successfully made it. Mm-hmm. I have confidence in how to do that now. So yeah, we're gonna mm-hmm. have to. Might have to have a sausage gravy episode. Sure, uh-huh. it's got flour in it. Yeah, <clears throat> the base of all gravy is just I mean, flour and love. you need something to sop it up with. So I'm sure we can we'll work find it a in vessel. There. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, but like, and sometimes she would do like she because of that we rarely had biscuits and gravy. It was it was that was it the, was fried corn mush and gravy. Yeah, we we did have biscuits and gravy quite a bit, and I think my mom was also she didn't really love it, but me and my dad, big fans, because my mom was always like pretty pretty obnoxiously healthy like she was making her own almond milk from raw almonds before it was a thing to do on instagram (laughs) yeah your mom was like way ahead of the curve she ate carob instead of chocolate oh no yeah but you know that's why she looks fantastic (laughs) at her age and i can't say the same for myself not eating things (laughs) that bring joy to you will do that Her skin is pretty flawless. Her body's never been bigger than than anyone. Like, anyway, it stayed anyway, the same it's, it's continually, the same. which is like not a thing that <laughs> happens according to science. Um, yeah. No. Well, like okay. So when I was like kind of looking up um, biscuits and like history mm-hmm. and like all of that, I mean, yeah. like I think as we've kind of continued to say over. <laughs> you know, the many episodes of this podcast so far, um, (laughs) like every culture has just like, yeah, bread and like some, or like flour and some moisture, Mm -hmm. like you're going to have like your bread. So I went into a little bit more of like, why are biscuits like such a Southern thing? Mm. Like, Mm -hmm. 
why is this like a regional thing or like how how did this kind of happen? Yeah. And what I found out that was really interesting is that um, kind of, again, kind of similar to what happened with the soda bread. Um, it's all about the flour and the region. Right. Because um, the South in the winter produces a softer wheat and that leads to like there's less gluten so there's like less protein in the flour so you don't get that toughness i honestly didn't know that much of wheat was being grown in the south yeah apparently it is huh i did not know that either and so that is why like i was reading um this article uh from the atlantic that was like this uh writer who had come from i think georgia moved up to new york city and was just kind of like I can't get a good biscuit in this city. Like what's going Mm. on was finally like, all right, I'm going to make my own. And so they asked their mom like for the recipe and their mom was like, it's literally like flour and milk and like shortening Mm -hmm. or lard. And you, it was like mash it with a fork. Yeah. And that was like the, the biscuit recipe. And so they tried it and they were, they were like hockey pucks hockey pucks every Mm -hmm. last one of them and so they started like going and doing more research and kind of realized like it's because of the flour because all of the northern flour is this like harder wheat that has more gluten that makes everything a little bit tougher because it like builds up those molecules and the proteins bagels (laughs) exactly and uh so then it was like oh well this is an easy fix i can just get like flour shipped in like from the South. Yeah. It's not that easy. There's only like a couple of companies that make it. One of them is called like White Lily. Uh, oh, I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. Flower company that mm-hmm. um, started in Knoxville, Tennessee. Okay. Like later on the, um, I think in the 1900s or mm, 20th century, one of those. Um, and they are, they were like, you can't get this flower like the week before Thanksgiving. Like everyone just like comes in cause like biscuits is like a big part of like yeah. Southern Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. But that is one of the flowers that gives that like thing. And they're like, cooks will hoard it. Like people will come down and like get it, like all this stuff. And I had no idea. Like That's I That's so crazy. Yeah. I did not know that was a thing. Um, but they were kind of saying, they're like, yeah, so even they were like, yeah, you can get it on Amazon for $15 <laughs> as opposed to the 250 it's like normally so sold crazy. for. But that kind of like helped me understand like, oh, this is why biscuits are a sudden thing cuz we all love biscuits. Mm-hmm. But they are like held to a higher standard down here. I mean, people are very like competitive. They mm-hmm. like to say they have the best biscuits in the city, in mm-hmm. the town, in the state, and the they loved. And every, they're all different. They are, and ev- like I feel like every restaurant, every even every like high end restaurant in mm-hmm. Nashville has like their biscuit breakfast right. option. Yep. Like even um, one of my favorite places, like Butcher and Bee, which is right. that they had like a. Um, Oh, what is it with the hollandaise and eggs Benedict mm-hmm. on a biscuit with like an avocado and like lamb. Oh, so good. I'm so excited for brunch again. Oh, I know. So basic, but so Sorry, good. Sorry, we're so boring. <laughs> mm. um, but yeah, I just thought that was super interesting yeah. and kind of makes sense for... You wouldn't think of, like in your head, like flowers, flowers, just proud. But it's not. not. 
It's crazy. Uh, so what kind of flour did you use to make these? I just made a, a like a regular all purpose. Okay. So I didn't. Yeah. Because I was like literally reading about it while they were in the oven. And you're like, well, <laughs> I was like, next time. Well, I mean, I've I've made these so many times, mm-hmm. and not once have they not turned out mm. well. But I wonder. No, I just took a bite of them with <laughs> just butter. So that's my that's my lane. So good. <laughs> They're so soft. I'm, and I'm, I'm almost angry that they're so good. <laughs> well, I wonder if some of it is like the heavy whipping cream, like it just adds more moisture. I think it makes, yeah, that does make for a really, because they are, you guys, I am going to, I don't You're have enough. to take another picture of the insides? Oh, I will. <laughs> I don't have enough adjectives to explain that they're perfectly, not crisp on the outside, but they're the right They've firmness. Got that sturdy bottom. They've got a solid, solid shell casing mm-hmm. home, but the inside is like, it's pillowy. Exactly. That it's is so the, nice. They're pillows. They're, they're so, so Oh, this recipe is definitely going out to the world. Uh-huh. Everyone should have this Invite of the world, recipe. I mean, can you email it to me after so I can? <laughs> For sure. Um, and I, so there are a couple of other biscuit recipes that I've made. Um, I made a black pepper Parmesan biscuit Mm. that I almost made that tonight instead, but I felt like this was such a classic. Traditional, yeah. Um, but that one does the whole thing where it's like freeze the butter, then like Mm. do the cheese grater like method. It has buttermilk, which I feel like. When I think of biscuits, I think of butter and there, buttermilk. You do get that tang. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's a more traditional option. And then I also have made um, a sweet potato biscuit, mm. which turned out so well. I, I loved that flavor. And also, that's apparently also like a very Southern thing because sweet sometimes potato. they didn't have as much flour. Mm-hmm. So they would sub out like sweet potatoes for it. And that adds a lot of moisture. So you get a very like nice dense biscuit out of it. Mm-hmm. And that recipe called for like just a little bit of nutmeg. And so you get a little bit of that like. That does sound like a great like fall or Thanksgiving mm-hmm. biscuit. Yeah. Mm. All the biscuits. I love it. <laughs> And really, like, living here is the first time I've been exposed to it as such a, like, in-your-face kind of way. Mm -hmm. I remember before I moved here, my mom and I were driving through because I was on my way to move to Boston. (laughs) Um, Okay. (laughs) And we drove through. I wanted to stop here because, let the record show... I followed a few bloggers from Nashville <laughs> and I really loved what they were putting out and it made Nashville seem like this really cool city. Mm-hmm. And so at the very least I was like, well, we should stay there, like plan to stay there for a night. And the only place we went, like I made plans to go to Biscuit Love. Yep. And it was Biscuit Love's first location downtown. Oh, okay. Line out the door. Yeah. It was all the rage. And this was 2015. Yeah. 2015. And that was the only place we went. And for me and my mom and Juniper would have been one and a half at the time. Somehow it was a $60 breakfast. <laughs> yeah, Biscuit will do that to you. <laughs> or two biscuit sandwiches. Mm-hmm. But and they were great. Mm-hmm. They were great. But then once we decided to move here, because New England was not for me. <laughs> 
we took one day. We've only been once because it's such a cluster, but we went out to Loveless Cafe uh-huh. where they just bring you biscuits like chips and salsa. Yep. You just have biscuits and jam and honey on your table. And they're small and also not round. They're more of that square triangle yeah. kind of shape. Yeah. And they just, they're, they're just, but they're tiny. They're like half the size of like an av, like they're not the size of biscuit you would get if you ordered a plate of biscuits and gravy. Yeah. And they're sliced. They're little, bite sized, delightful. Fun sized biscuits. Fun sized biscuits, which means you can put away a lot. Okay. Well, here's my thing. So, like, I also have only been to Loveless like one time. You because, only need to go once. Yes. And <laughs> and if you live here, like, y- yeah, you only go, yeah. like, I went when one of my friends uh, flew yeah, down when someone from comes to visit. Cleveland mm-hmm. and she was mm-hmm. like, I want to do all the stereotypical Nashville mm-hmm. things. And so I was like, we're doing Loveless. We're doing Santa's Pub. We're doing right. Station Inn for like bluegrass yep. jam night. Like, yep. you know, we're doing all, all that things. stuff. Um but we went out to Loveless. R.I.P. The owner of Station Inn just died. <laughs> oh, I saw that. Mm. Yeah. We're such fans, I don't know his name. <laughs> <laughs> but R.I.P. R.I.P. He was a big deal here. Mm. He anyway. was. Well, I mean, that place that is, is a, so it's... weird in the Gulch as the Gulch is now. Right. Because like, it was way predated the Gulch. Yes. And like I kind of loved that where like you would be in like... I don't know, the trendiest area. And then all of a sudden you like walk into this absolute dive and it's, it's so fun. So and every type of person important. is there. Yeah. Every type of person. Yeah. Like it's not just like catering to one type of crowd. It was super fun. Anyway. Um, so you take her to Loveless. So I take her to Loveless and I was hmm, really underwhelmed yeah. with those biscuits because mm-hmm. I thought they were flat. I thought that they were like <laughs> <laughs> too buttery. And I was like, oh, I don't know if that's a real thing, but okay. I like my takeaway from it is I was like, <laughs> oh, if you've never had a homemade biscuit in your life and all you've had sure. is like Pillsbury, then sure. yeah, you think these are amazing. But like if you have ever had a biscuit, it like straight out the oven mm-hmm. you were just kind of like yeah this is fine yeah no i get that i think it's more i was more impressed by like the quantity at which they're just <laughs> loading you up with them. fair <laughs> but i will say like no shame to loveless cafe but it's a lot of hype Mm-hmm. for a pretty mediocre experience after your four hour wait that's also <laughs> in some ways like because i've been to biscuit love a handful of times mm-hmm. and i've never been back yeah i've never been since i lived here <laughs> the only times that i've been there have been when my out-of-state friends mm-hmm. like right i think it was what 2017 2018 when it was like literally on all the blogs and mm-hmm. all the lists of like mm-hmm. if you go to nashville you have to go to biscuit love and so yeah. every time i had a friend visit they were like i want to go to biscuit love and i was like okay we'll go wait in line for two hours for a 13 dollar biscuit that's mm-hmm. adequate mm-hmm. no i'm with you yep yep but um okay so you were gonna move to boston like i remember you telling me this story <laughs> that you like stopped in nashville and like you really liked it I loved it so you just like decided like boston was not for you like what was the mm-hmm. what was the like no on the boston thing well we were we knew we wanted to get out of aspen because we were ready to be back in a city again and at the time matt was majoring in economics and finance <laughs> and okay uh i did not know that oh yeah he's painfully brilliant i did know that (laughs) (laughs) um and he was he was day trading 
while he was a stay-at-home dad. And so he wanted to get into a bigger city where he could, upon graduation, because he was going to, um, he was doing Penn State in economics on, online, basically. Okay. That's where he was at in his life. This is pro- too much boring information. Anyway, he was getting ready to wrap that up, and he wanted to be in a city where he could be in finance. And his uncle is one of the executive vice presidents of the Federal Reserve <laughs> in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the plan. Mm-hmm. Go to Boston. He becomes a high finance person, and you are a full-time blogger for the rest <laughs> of your life. <laughs> And Allie and James lived in New Hampshire at the time where she was getting her, she was in grad school. Uh And so we were like, well, we have people out there. Mm -hmm. New England seems interesting. We've never been to New England. And your finance cities are going to be Boston and New York. And New York felt at that time like too overwhelming, too expensive, too far from New Hampshire. You had a kid. Like we had a baby. Like it was just like, but Boston made more sense. Slightly more affordable, obviously some opportunity with his family, should he choose to go that route. So that was the plan. And I left a few months before him. He continued working in Colorado. And I came out to New Hampshire because Allie and James were going to go abroad for like a month, a month and a half. They were gone for a really long time. And had like a mini farm in New Hampshire that I went and stayed on with Juniper. And I took care of their chickens and only a couple of them died. And I took care of their ducks and their dogs and, you know, literally lived in the middle of nowhere. This is the quality of friendship that Kaylee offers. It's just, it's amazing. So, yeah, I like quit my job for the first time. It was the first time I was ever unemployed. Mm-hmm. Moved out there. And I was looking at, I had started interviewing with some real estate companies up there. But I just didn't like the people. (laughs) And not like they, it was really hard to explain, but coming from the West where everyone's so chill and so laid back and pretty like, just, I don't know. It was West, I had, this sounds so, so embarrassing, but like West Coast vibes are real. And being from Colorado is also chill. And like the people in New Hampshire were a different kind of, people (laughs) in the in the sense of like i would go to the grocery store and they didn't acknowledge you when you were checking out and now i'm also not the most friendly person but there is something about someone going like hi how's your day yeah and making that like small talk and they would literally just be silent and it wasn't one of them it was like all of them yeah and also there were a ton of men walking around in wife beaters which was really baffling (laughs) like their redneck is different. Uh-huh. It's so di- the the northeastern part of our country has a different kind of redneck backwoods country folk. <laughs> <laughs> that was sort of scary. <laughs> <laughs> and I come from the country life. <laughs> you remember that get her done sticker on the back of that Silverado? I mean, it was all about cattle ranching and horses and that's how I grew up. But yeah. this was a different kind of people. Yeah. And I just wasn't loving it. And they had also just had that winter where they got like 15 feet of snow in Boston. 
And I was coming from Aspen where I already didn't like the snow and we just had like eight months of winter. Yeah. <laughs> and I was sort of like, okay, I loved Nashville the 48 hours I was there. And it's so affordable, mm -hmm. especially relatively at that time, leaving what we were paying and what we could get here. <laughs> and so I literally like called Matt and I was like, what do you think about Nashville? And the South, he's like, the South could be weird. And I was like, right? <laughs> like, it was just a, like a foreign country to us. Yeah. And so we called the moving company and I rerouted them because they were, because we had hired a moving company to move all of our stuff at like the end of the month or whatever. And I was like, um, I just need a new estimate on what it'll cost to go to Nashville instead of Boston. <laughs> and they were like, oh, and I was like, yeah. And Again, so we moved there. I had been there literally 48 hours. Matt moved there, sight unseen, had never stepped foot in Nashville until he got there. And uh, we had a, the moving company took all of our stuff to a storage unit because we also didn't have homes or employment. <laughs> <laughs> and we just did it because we could and why not? Yeah. And, um, James drove down. Me, Juniper, and James drove from mm -hmm. New Hampshire. Came down here, stayed in an extended suites for like a week until I found an apartment. And then Matt got here a couple weeks later, or maybe a week later. I don't know. And then we were in Nashville. <laughs> that is a wild story <laughs> in certain ways. But like, okay, I guess, like, did you have any assumptions about the South or like, yeah. Had you wanted to live in the South? Like, I, I don't know that I ever had the desire to live in the South. And literally, and then this sounds, I don't know if this is shallow or not, but until these bloggers were making it seem so cool and trendy, and it was like the next Austin, and there was like a cool big farmer's market, which I hadn't been around, and there was cool restaurants being built, and it was still like artsy, and East Nashville was just <laughs> starting to redevelop and to gentrify. To Nashville, and as it we was, know it. Because I was coming in on the cusp of all of that, so it felt like I was, like, getting in on the secret, mm -hmm. kind of, because now it's a completely different city. Yeah. But the... And it was also, in our minds, relatively comparable to living in Denver, which we had done. So it was, like, a similar population. There were major sports... There were concert options. Uh -huh. There was an airport. There were all these things that we had started missing living in the mountains. Because living up in Aspen is like la-la land. Yeah. Like, it's not real life. You are you live in a vacation destination. And we were tired of driving three and a half hours to go to a show or to get to the airport or to, like, have a meal that wasn't, like, one of the five options. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so it was a relatively, like, I don't know easy city to transition into because we had also done San Francisco and we didn't want to have a major city like that either. Yeah. So it just like made sense. And then we just went like winged it and figured it out. Once we got here, I was hoping or expecting much more of an accent, <laughs> much more okay. of that Southern cliche, I guess. Mm -hmm. And instead what I got probably because of my industry <laughs> But I realized, oh, the rich white people don't have accents. Uh -huh. I mean, there's a, maybe a little bit, but it's not, it's not, it's not like the stereotype. Mm -hmm. And also 
all of the men have swoopy hair and pastel polos and khaki shorts and I and, and boat, boat shoes. shoes. Do not and forget those boat shoes. I have never lived anywhere <laughs> in my life before where there was like a literal uniform. Uh-huh. And they I I remember walking into Costco like month 1 and I was like every man in here looks identical. Mm-hmm. And that out west everyone is every kind of possible person, especially like white people. Here white people are sort of in like you're either trying to be a country music singer or you're that guy you're the frap swoopy haired polo wearing like mm-hmm. it was so weird to me because out west you were every there was punks and skaters and jocks and the rock climbers and the granola dreaded locked people it was like all the kinds of white people <laughs> <laughs> and i got here and it was like two kinds artsy or preppy i know but they're so different because like some went to (laughs) ole miss and some went to alabama and some went Uh, to tennessee like uh, you can tell by the color of their polos guys that was also problematic realizing sports culture sec culture was so Mm mind-blowing the like people driving around with flags on their cars and specialty license plates all their gear they'd be head to toe like maybe because out west our teams aren't as good (laughs) Being in the Pac-12 was like, meh, but no one gave a shit about football like they do here. Yeah. No. It's, it's a, so insane. It is a lifestyle. It is. There is that. They, like, plan their lives around mm-hmm. Saturday football. Tailgating. It's a whole thing. Well, no, that like that's interesting because... <laughs> that was a long story. Sorry. <laughs> that was an interesting story. That was riveted. Uh because I, you know, in true fashion, came here in a very different way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, like, one of my things with Nashville is, so I was uh, pretty familiar with Southern culture um, because uh, I was born in South Carolina um, and lived there for the first couple of years of my life because my parents were attending a Bible school. Mm-hmm. And they had really close friends that were in Greenville that we would always go back and see. And so, like, I like kind of grew up being like, oh, I'm like kind of from the South. Like I didn't grow up there, but like I'm, you know, familiar with it or whatever. Mm -hmm. And to me, Nashville does not feel like a Southern city Mm -hmm. because it's not that deep South like type feel. Charleston, like they have like culture. Savannah. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it's, I think this is also like a reflection of like, um, like my job. And then also just like the friends that I've made here where I'm like, I don't have a friend from, no way I take that back. I have one friend from Tennessee who's originally from Knoxville, but like same. I don't know anyone from here. No, it's like it feels like a city of transplants. Mm-hmm. And um I like that a Me lot because I didn't want that Southern culture because like I associated Southern people from here are all in the burbs. Yes. And they're very And they have accents. That's the other thing. Yep. You can go fifteen miles south and someone's got an accent all mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, well, and it's also the thing of like what I associate with Southern culture I is people being biscuit. as you should mm-hmm. is people being like, like they're polite and they're, you know, so nice to your face, but they're not warm. <laughs> they're, not, they're not welcoming no. people for the most part, like that whole Southern hospitality <laughs> thing, like to a degree, that's true. Sure. But I think that there's also something about like, I grew up in the Midwest and like people are also very friendly there. Correct. Or like when I've been out West, like, you know, visiting friends in Colorado or Montana, people mm-hmm. are like fairly friendly. Like they're not, it's that, not fake. It's one real. That, yeah. For sure. That was one of our first impressions of Denver. Coming to Denver from San Francisco, 
we were like out at one of the parks with our dog and people just like came up and chatted and I was like, oh, this wasn't happening in California. Yeah. So this is also a different kind of friendly. Yeah. And so Southern, I feel like Southern hospitality comes with Southern judgment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like, uh, or it's, I've, I've never been anywhere that feels more class-based. Uh-huh. There's a lot of classism here. And it's also the place I've lived that is still the most visibly segregated. Yeah. Which they deny. They love to talk about how diverse this city is. Mm -hmm. When the reality is we have one road with all the cultures on it. And that's Nolansville. Yep. And that's, they've put everyone in that section of town. And then within the urban areas, they literally like fence off the communities. Yep. I've lived in other major urban areas and it's not as literal black and white as it is here. Mm-hmm. And that made us very uncomfortable. See that, like, I think it took me it's, a while ugh. to realize that when I moved, because I moved from, you know, my small hometown in Ohio, where like, there's such minimal color, like it's, mm-hmm. it's so white. And so when I first got here, I was like, Oh, this is diverse. Like there are like, you know, mm-hmm. there's so much. And then like the longer I stayed, I was like, Oh no, mm-hmm. there's that 440 loop where like, if you're inside it, you're like white. <laughs> like there's like that kind of whole thing of like green Hills and like all of that. Mm. Um, but I, it took me a while to see it because it was so different from, from where I came. But uh, after going to other cities or be, like speaking mm-hmm. with my friends who have come from other major cities, it's like, oh no, it is super segregated. No, it's really segregated, which is a weird. And even, yeah, even the, the parts of the city. Yeah. I don't know. The integration is just different here. And it's obviously because of this systemic history of everything that's happened in the South. That's why it's still prevalent, which it shouldn't be, but it mm-hmm. is. But it's just like built into like the literal layout of the city and the neighborhood planning and all of the things. Well, it's really bizarre. And c- coming from especially San Francisco, which is truly the, the most melting pot city, <laughs> we'd be at, I mean, I live there from age 19 to 22. So many house parties, so many social events, so many nights out. And we were with every possible culture and never thought about it never thought about it and here you walk into places and you're like it's all white yep and that's not cool like it's i don't for me it's very like ugh, just yucky feeling yeah <laughs> well that's like um i had a friend who she's originally from delaware and she moved here from new york city and one of the things that she kind of pointed out was she was like, I have never had so many people ask me, like on meeting me, like one, are you married? And two, yeah. so where what do you church? go to church? What church do you go to? And she, cause like she was from the Northeast and she was like, that is not a thing. Like, what nope. is this? And I was like, that's another way for people to classify you. And like, are yeah. you Baptist? Qualify you. you yep. Yeah. Yep. You, what church do you go to? Are yep. you trendy cool? Or are you, yep. what kind of Christian are you? Yeah. Exactly. It's a weird. I mean, that was something I heard from people on dating apps as well is like, opening lines were like oh what church do you attend (laughs) just assuming you attend one Mm -hmm. and if you didn't like state it in your profile that you don't and like you know a lot of like i mean not to shit on people but it was like god first and all like and it's like (laughs) 
whoa, whoa. It's just the Bible Belt is real. Yep. Mm-hmm. It really is. Um, no, but I I came to Nashville in a, in a very different way in that mm-hmm. I was like, I just wanted to get out of my hometown. And so I was job hunting and I was like, I will move anywhere. I just have like one thing, like I love winter. I do not want to move down south. Mm. And then I was job hunting for like 10 months and it broke me. And (laughs) this great opportunity like popped up in Nashville. And I had also, I guess I should say this, I went to college in Georgia. (laughs) So I was also familiar with the South in that way. Like, and it was. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it was right on the line of like, Georgia and Tennessee. So I was actually like Chattanooga was the city that I went to a lot. And I Mm -hmm. love Chattanooga. Like Mm -hmm. it's such a great town. It's like a crunchier, Mm -hmm. less happening version of Nashville. Yes, that's exactly a great way to put it. Um, But I I had never even come to Nashville like when I was in college because Mm. I only associated it with country music. And like Mm. I... Me too, a little bit. Yeah, Yeah. I don't like country music. And so I was just like, oh, there's nothing in that city for me. Um, But then I got a job offer. And so I started like researching Nashville, trying to figure out, okay, where do I want to live? Like all this stuff. And the more research I did, I was like, this is a cool city. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot happening here. There's way more than just country music. Um, but I did so much research and and was just like trying to figure all of that stuff out. But I moved here and I have been so surprised by how much I like it. Um, I think part of it has been for me, like this is the first city I've ever lived in. Mm. And so I think that factors in, but there's also something where I'm like, the size of it is really nice because it's really, I don't know. It was a, it was a, easy transition for me well that's just it you get so many of the amenities of a bigger city without dealing with the hassle of a bigger city mm-hmm. and some people will argue that now because they don't like new nashville but it is a really easy city to come into i think and kind of find your way and find your people and i mean yeah back to those stereotypes of like country music and stuff a lot of people make jokes when we decided to move. Oh, are we trying to be a country music star? Da, da, da. And when we got here, we quickly learned no one wears cowboy boots off of Broadway. <laughs> no. That's the only place that's happening. Mm-hmm. That And it's all tourists. Yep. Locals are just living their lives in yep. punk bands and their in art galleries. And they're not like the stereotypical country people. Sure, they're here. And why wouldn't you be? Obviously, the entire industry is here. But... There's like, if you, if you want that, you know exactly where to go in the city. And like, if you want a completely different experience, like you can, you can find that. Mm -hmm. Um, so no, it was, I have been so surprised by how much I ended up really liking Mm -hmm. this city. And I think there's also something for me too, in that like, it was the first place I moved where I like fully had to establish myself. I didn't know anyone. Fully independent. Yeah. yeah. Like completely got to start over. And mm-hmm. I, I really loved that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you get to make it your own and define what it is for you. Yeah. I agree. I'm a big fan. Yeah. Still, even after all this time, like, cause I notoriously get stir crazy. This is the longest place I've ever lived as an adult. Mm-hmm. I've lived here six years now and everywhere else we ever lived was three years and I was ready to go. Yeah. Just, Get me out. Boat. Let's go. 
And I think if I didn't have a kid, I'd still be doing that. <laughs> but I recognize there is a need for some stability. <laughs> so glad for Juniper. <laughs> uh, but I'm already planning my exit. I just don't know when. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, so I can't stop eating this apple butter yeah. on oh, you're liking this it? biscuit. It's really, I am it is really good. I'm, I'm impressing it. myself remembering what it tasted like. Yeah. That, because I made this a couple years ago. It's been canned. Oh, so we literally just cracked the jar open for tonight. That flavor is amazing. Mm -hmm. Do you want to walk me through how you made that? You want to hear more about it? Yeah. I also <laughs> want to see the photos on the blog post. <laughs> Maybe I'll post one for the people. If we'll get real lucky. Um, this is, it's a very long, slow process, and it makes for very magical home smells. Mm. It is. This is how the breakdown. It's six pounds of apples, Whew. a tablespoon of almond extract, okay, half a tablespoon maple, okay, half a tablespoon vanilla. Love all these flavors. Half a cup of sugar. Mm. One and a half cups brown sugar. I was just about, I was like, is that white or is that brown sugar? <laughs> we get both. All right. Some ground clove, mm. some cinnamon, and some nutmeg. And the the process is the very first time I made it, and in these photos, I literally like hand peeled, oh my God. cored, cut, da, da, da. But it's just all done in the crock pot. And so for the first six hours it's just chopped apples and all of the extracts that's it and they just absorb all the extract okay and get that mush uh-huh and then um after that point i used an immersion blender mm -hmm. and just pureed it to the finest finest texture i could get it and after that much time the apples are just like yeah. just dissolving yeah and then you add all the sugars and the spices for four to five more hours. Oh my gosh. So it's like the total cook time is like 10 hours. Yeah. And it just breaks it down. So did you do this in like a crock pot, anything mm -hmm. on the stove? Okay. Nope, it's all in the crock pot. Okay. This most recent time, this batch, I've since invested in like an apple peeler <laughs> and core. Uh -huh. <laughs> that, like you say that and I automatically think of, um, so like my mom used to make her own applesauce and yeah. like still does, uh -huh. but it was like an all day affair with like mm -hmm. sometimes my grandmother would join in, like my aunts where it was like bushels of apples. Mm -hmm. Like we had the peeler, we had the core, and then yeah. we would like, well, no, we would still slice them by hand, and then we would have like four pots going on the stove oh, wow. at different times, and then there was the, I don't know, like you would press them, okay, and I'm like making hand motions, like people can see me, like you would like press them, uh, and like just get it in these big tubs and let it cool, add in the sugar, divide it into quarts, yeah, freeze it, like all this stuff. But you saying like the peeler and the core like took me back. Yeah, it's a process. And I mean, in my blog post, the photos of the peeled apples are in there and it's a hack job for sure. <laughs> now it goes so much faster to like plow through those six pounds of apples. But um, yeah. And then canning was also, you know how I've lived like a million lives? Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> when I was in Denver still, I was part of a group called Craft Ninjas. <laughs> Shout out Becky. <laughs> She's uh. this badass woman who put together this group where every month we got together and like learn new skills, different crafts, da, da, da. 
Like I remember the first one I met, it was like meetup before meetup basically. And she organized it all. And, um, the very first one I went to was like a knitting one and it was to learn to knit, but I already knew how to knit. I just wanted to like go do something. Yeah. (laughs) So we like knit, I don't know. But one of the classes I took was a canning class, which I've used to this day. Yeah. Even though it was like a two hour thing. And I took that during chemo because I have a very specific memory of being in the class with all these women and being bald and like they like partnered us up. So we were, and we were canning, I don't even remember what we were making, but anyway, um, she, (laughs) she asked me what my political statement was. Oh, what political statement I was making. Because I had a By shaved head. Bald. Oh, <laughs> I was like, was this required for the gaming? <laughs> and I was like, oh, um, cancer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can you imagine how and big I, of a dick you I, would be? Like? I, I know she felt so horrible. And I tried to be nice, but I was like, I no political statement, just. Don't have hair at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And okay. I know she felt bad because of course, immediately, yeah. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Just You look real bad. At, and I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that canning class has come in handy because then I eventually invested. I've got like the stock pot and the jar racks and mm-hmm. the magnetic lid grabber, like all the things. You have so many things to talk to my mom about in May. <laughs> Like you guys will have so many bonding points. This is this is great. I know it's fun because I feel like I don't know. Maybe it has something to do with the way I merge into different scenes, but I feel like my persona in Nashville thus far has been pretty not any of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, homemaker Kaylee has, has has not come out a lot. But I also think like this is one of those things where it's like, yeah, maybe part of it is the merge, but I also think that you're just like super capable and like (laughs) like i mean the other we were talking about like you gutting an elk like if someone's gonna be dropped (laughs) off in the like wherever and just be like survive yeah this one will survive folks i got you she'll be good i do all the home repairs (laughs) Uh (laughs) uh-huh yep when i first started dating matt i had to change his tire for him (laughs) (laughs) but also I'll can apple butter. (laughs) (laughs) A million lives, a thousand talents. There we go. (laughs) Not an expert at any of them. (laughs) Uh, This apple butter begs to differ, as I'm sure do many elk. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now I'm just uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah, because I complimented you. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, you know, it's like, um, oh, man, I had this, like, really brutal reminder of just, like, you know, when you're younger and, like, you think, well, I don't know if you thought this, but, you know, you, like, you read a book and you're always the uh, the hero or the one who, like, survives. I don't think I've ever thought that. As I assumed that. <laughs> well, you would be, Kaylee. Let me tell you that right now. Anyway, um there was a cockroach in my apartment the other night and I just had this like brutal reminder of like how easily frightened I can be. And I'm surprised you didn't call me to come take care of it. Well, I had a friend over (laughs) and it took us an hour to corral that thing. It was the largest cockroach I've ever Uh, seen in my life. It was like, I've only seen one ever in my life because the South, I guess uh is new. Like they don't, 
I mean, I, they're out west, but not like they are here. Yeah. And it was in this bathroom, and I was like, uh-huh. we're never going to let that happen again. <laughs> yeah. No. It. Um, I think this was the first one that I've ever seen in, like, my living space, and it was, like, three inches That's big. That's so crazy. And I, I mean, I lost a cake tin to that thing. How? Because I trapped it in the cake tin and then threw it in the dumpster. The whole pan? Yes. Why? Because it, like, was in, like, where it hid. Like, that was the only way I could get it. But why throw away the tin? I guess it was just tainted. It was tainted now. Wow. I don't want to bake another cake in that. Wow. That cake... This is what's wrong with our country. (laughs) This wasteful, (laughs) non-recycled... I'm just, I'm just really your disappointed. Average, I'm, I'm sorry. I disappointed you a lot in this podcast so far. <laughs> just add it. To no, the you list. haven't. You made these biscuits in there <laughs> life changing. Oh, man. But um, yeah, I just had that reminder of like, oh, yeah, I can get scared shitless over a bug. This is great. Love That's it. So, like, but I not faced. Yeah, no. Truly, I get maybe part of it's growing up too. Like we had centipedes and scorp, we had centipedes in our sinks all the time, and then scorpions at any given moment out in the wilderness. Well, tarantulas is you. Tarantulas as big as, like you, they were so big you could see them crossing because we lived two miles from pavement, and <laughs> you could see the tarantulas crossing the road in your headlights. That's how big they were. Dear God, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a it's a different existence. We don't have things like that in Ohio. It just made me like so much more resilient. <laughs> just so strong. Strong of spirit. Like, strong spirit. and brave. Wow. Strong and brave. <laughs> Did you write a blog post about that? No. <laughs> oh man. Oh my god. All right. Well. What else you got going on? Having a third? Yeah, this sort of biscuit is everything. <laughs> Have you? Yeah, you're really you're really dolloping on that uh, apple butter. Yes, I, I appreciate so that. It's so good. <laughs> I can't like. I mean, it's been a minute since I had apple butter. Yeah, but I'm really struggling to remember a better apple butter experience. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> mm. All right, we get one of those cards. Yeah, out? we might as well pull a card because right. we've kept it so love and light. Uh, well, definitely pull a good one. Yeah, I'm trying. Let's, let's get into some shit. Oh, 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 well. oh no, oh no. <laughs> <clears throat> well, this podcast is about to take a turn. <laughs> <laughs> this episode's about to go south on Glad us. Glad I got that third biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> you may want to crack another beer. <laughs> you ready for this question? Not now. Ah, uh, you'll be okay. All right. I don't want to answer it, but you'll be okay. <laughs> what part of your life works what part of your life hurts oh (laughs) oh god (laughs) (sighs) you Uh, you don't have to get too specific no no i'm like i'm just really sitting here trying to to think about the answer to that do you want me to answer it i mean if you have one off the top of your head I can think sure. of some surfacey stuff. Yeah. Okay. I think the part of my life right now that is working that I am happy with and excited about is probably 
all things related to the comedy world. Okay. And all the things I'm doing in that genre of my life. Mm -hmm. Because it's very separate from my professional life. Uh (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think I've gotten into a good rhythm and networking, which is something that makes me very uncomfortable and I don't like to do. But I've inserted myself into a scene here that um, I feel I'm part of now. Yeah. So, like, I think that's working. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> as for the hurt, <laughs> I won't go too deeply into that part, but definitely my personal <laughs> life. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hence all the references to the rough weeks in the previous <laughs> episodes. Um, you know, my personal life took a hit, and that's okay. And it's for the best, but god damn does it hurt. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but you know. It's just a phase, right? Timing. Yeah. Well, yeah. everything everything changes. Like, mm-hmm. I think whatever. I'm so glad you didn't say everything happens for a reason. Oh, God. <laughs> mm. No, I just need to crochet that somewhere. I'm sorry, cross-stitch that somewhere. Oh, uh, you remember my other million lives? <laughs> oh, <laughs> please tell me you have some frame cross-stitch somewhere that you did by hand. I don't think I have any, but I made a lot of gifts. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Starting very young, like. I did that with my mom. Middle school, high school. Uh Uh-huh. I think I did that in, like, elementary school. And, like, my mom had this, like, giant framed one that she had done. Mm -hmm. Like, it was a whole, like... A whole scene. Phase for a little bit. Yeah, we were all into it. Yep. Anyway. Um, No, I mean, I think, you know, what you're in now will eventually change Mm -hmm. in some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. And so when things are shitty, they won't always be. For sure. And we touch on, what's so funny is I think we touch on that in like the first, first or second episode about how like shit happens mm-hmm. and it's been happening mm-hmm. and I'm always fine and I know I'll always be fine. And this one, whoo, <laughs> it was hard to imagine being fine for a minute. <laughs> well, yeah. Cause like, I don't think you are fine, but I think you'll get back there eventually. I'm fine. <laughs> I am. Uh, yes. Comparatively compared to two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. You're in a better state than you were two weeks yeah. ago. This so is I've true. reached the fine point. No. Now I'm fine again. No. This is not how that works. <laughs> <laughs> Hate to break it to you. Yeah. Um, all right. Like for me, I guess I feel like what's working for me right now is the main thing in my life, which is work, mm-hmm. um, to a certain degree where, um, like there are a lot of things that are really hard and stressful at work right now, um, that I, that I wish were different. And in, you know, <laughs> in some ways I'm taking steps to think about transitioning out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also in the frame of mind that like, I don't know. I think about where I was at at this time last year with it and like what my day to day looked like and what, um, my goals were or like what I wanted to accomplish in work. And in the last year, just because of like shit hitting the fan or people leaving, 
I've gotten these opportunities to really grow and develop in a way that I couldn't have predicted. And so I've seen just like, I've seen my skills grow, uh, so much in the last year and I'm, I'm thankful for that. And yet I am still like sad and stressed by some of the circumstances around that. Sure. Um, but I think, and I also think like just with everything with the pandemic, like work has been the one thing that has like, it's changed, but it's consistently been there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm just, you know, beyond thankful that yeah. I had a job. Cause I do think a year ago when this all started happening, you were very thrown by it yeah, and I very was. worried. And there has been a ton of growth and you've put yourself into positions that mm-hmm. you didn't necessarily <laughs> think you wanted to be inserted into. Yep. And you're doing it. Yep. Mm. I do believe you were described <laughs> as a superstar. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> if, if two can compliment in this show, and there was a new hire recently who is is uh, your superior, and she called you a superstar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Made me very uncomfortable. Um, so what hurts? <laughs> so what hurts? Ooh, everything. <laughs> <laughs> All the other things. <laughs> oh, man. I think, I think what, no, if I have to, if I have to narrow down on it, I think what kind of hurts the most that I can identify is kind of feeling like, my life has been put on pause, like minus things with work, like everything else just kind of like hit pause, like whether it was like financial goals that I Mm -hmm. was trying to reach or like thinking about dating again and like putting Mm -hmm. myself back out there, like all of it just like ground to a halt. And so I feel like there's a year of my life where I'm just like, okay, I, I existed and I got through it and there were some, you know, there were some great things that happened, but there was also just a lot of like anxiety and fear. And I don't feel like I (laughs) grew a ton as a person. I know. I I mean, I think a lot of people are having that feeling right now. And I, for me, it's like, you have to give yourself some grace because the world has changed Yeah, and it will never be what it was we will fight for all that normalcy, but it's not, the world won't ever be what it was. And so to have those expectations put on yourself of like, I got to come out of this year Mm -hmm. revitalized or new or different or improved or with a new skill or a new body or whatever. But why? The world fucking stopped. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay to be like, no, I did the best I could with what I had. And I'm still alive which is more than so many people can say too many people mm-hmm. yeah no I mean I think I think that is one of the things where I kind of realized like a month or two in uh, like at the start where I was like oh I feel this pressure to produce or to like work on myself in specific mm-hmm. ways and kind of like being like what is that like why is surviving this not enough or like coming out with most of my sanity in check like yeah. not enough Um, and then the longer that this has gone on, the more it's just been like this adapting to what things are like. And now in like a weird way, I have this like anxiety about the return to normal 
and what is that going to look like and how is that going to feel? Cause I've gotten so used to like, just like, I remember, you know, before the pandemic, I had the option to work from home one day a week right? and I usually took it like Thursday was my day. <clears throat> and I, if I stayed home the whole day, like the end of the day, I would be like, okay, let's like, Hey, who wants to grab a drink? Like, I need, want to get out of the apartment. Mm-hmm. Like I want to drive somewhere. Like, just cause I kind of felt like, Oh, I've stayed in one place all day. And now like, I'll stay in my apartment for like four days yeah. and it's just like normal. Isn't it weird? Yes. Especially I remember. Yeah. It is so weird when you're like, I haven't been in my car since Thursday. Mm-hmm. Like you're just not leaving. And especially, I mean, in the very beginning, it was really severe where I, a tank of gas lasted me like almost two months. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was just stopped. No, I remember the first time that I drove after that initial mm-hmm. shutdown, I like, I went back to my office to get, like, they were still letting us into the building to get things if we needed it. They hadn't like fully shut it down. <clears throat> so I think it had been like two weeks and I was like, oh shit, I forget how to drive. Like, mm-hmm. I like I had lost like some of that, like, you know, yep. just even in those like two weeks where I didn't know like what to do with it. Um, and so I think there's like a lot of that where I'm like, you know, I used to go into an office and be around people all of the time. Have I lost my social skills? I'm worried. You are? (laughs) You've been socializing more than I have. I mean, especially with close friends. Yeah. I've been socializing with like my, whatever you want to call it, like pandemic pod or like Mm -hmm. small group of people. But I think about those, like I think about you know, the before times on the weekends, I used to have like multiple hangouts scheduled on like, like Mm -hmm. a day. So exhausting to me. Yeah. And now like I go to a grocery store and I'm like, well, that was my big outing. (laughs) Like doing this podcast now is like Gerald and produce looked (laughs) great today. (laughs) (laughs) They know me now. (laughs) Uh, No. So I like when I think about like what kind of hurts or like what I'm what I'm worried about, I think it comes back to being like, okay, how do I (laughs) press play again? You know, like Mm. what does that look like or what do I want it to look like? Or like, yeah, what have I what have I realized? Yeah. No, it's I don't know. I think you're doing good, kid. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. We should wrap up. All right. That was great. Yeah. Beautiful biscuits. I mean, this was a mutual effort tonight and I it we really did both contribute and I even though mine was from twenty nineteen, my contribution. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. So in love with this. I'm so glad that um, you sent me home last week with, with a jar of this jar. apple butter. Uh-huh. I'm going to like treasure that <laughs> in my fridge. Well, we can just have an apple butter making day. Please. Or I'll just post the recipe and you can make it yourself. Mm, I would prefer to be handheld through it. Okay. <laughs> Figuratively, not you. literally. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I will exist in the same room with you. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, shout encouragement in the form of uh insults it'll be great <laughs> i love it yeah all right thanks for listening you know the drill mm-hmm. we're at the end where we never really quite know how to wrap it up but yeah. 
We always come around and tell you to, you know, rate, review, subscribe. Like, um, follow, subscribe. Mm-hmm. Pass the Bread Podcast on Instagram. PassTheBreadPodcast.com. Definitely subscribe to that newsletter if you want this recipe. I mean, it's going to be, the first newsletter is going to be packed full of some goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are in Nashville, I think I'm obligated to plug some other things that I haven't done yet. But... I do have three different comedy shows coming up. You do. <laughs> One of them on the Cumberland. Yep. Cumberland show. River Park show. Yes. We've got Crazy Gnome Brewery show and Disc Insider. For social disconing. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That was them, not me. But yep. it was a good one. Um, and all of that is via Dewey Comedy. so weird and uncomfortable (laughs) i'm just thinking about like what was it a year and a half ago when you were like just getting started with it Mm -hmm. and just thinking about it and i remember telling a table full of people at my birthday party that you were starting to produce and like put on comedy (laughs) shows and i thought you were gonna like hide under the table you were like i don't want to talk about it yeah so (laughs) cue to a year and a half later and on her personal podcast she is plugging multiple shows that she's putting on <laughs> with multiple stand-ups in the city. So uh-huh. love to see it. So embarrassing. I knew she could do it. <laughs> so great. <laughs> so, you know, do that thing if you're local. Follow Dewey Comedy on Instagram <laughs> for lots of shows. <laughs> it's always a good time. Uh-huh. Now that you're vaccinated, maybe you'll actually support them again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I turned out to some outdoor comedy shows over in the summer. <laughs> That's true. And I'm not fully vaccinated yet. I'm only only half. Well, mm-hmm. better than not. Truly. Oh, All thanks, right. everyone. Folks, this was great, guys. This is really good. And I'm excited for you, however many of those biscuits you choose to leave with me so that I can enjoy okay. them in the morning. I mean, I'm only going to try and take like one home for breakfast. So you're getting oh. all three that are yeah. left. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Bye.